0: And that can happen to us. People can miss us. Or somebody that you really feel should know your name doesn't know your name. You know, and you can, you can end up feeling this small and you can end up feeling tiny. I remember as a kid being absolutely dumbfounded by my dad. We went to the hospital. And they were asking all the questions in the hospital. I think I split myself or something. you know the way kids do. And um, I remember they asked my father my age and he got it wrong. How could he get it wrong? I had it, I had it worked out to the day. I think I was, uh, I was eight and a half at the time, and I think he thought I was seven. And I remember thinking, how could he get it wrong? Hey, he just doesn't know me. And things like that can happen in our lives. But do you know there is one who knows you? There is one who knows everything about you. And that can be terrifying to us at times, but it shouldn't be. You and I are significant. And we're not significant because people think we're significant, and we're not significant because of what we do. We're significant because of him, the God who sees us. That's one of his names. When Hagar was in the desert and she was given up, she was going to die, and Ishmael with her, and God spoke to her and gave her water, and she called him, thou God that seest me. God sees you. God knows you. He understands you. He knows everything that's going on with you. You're significant. You matter. Let's pray and then we'll read our text. Father, would you bless us tonight, Lord? <clears throat> Lord, it's one thing for us to look at a text of Scripture. It's one thing for us to take on truth. And Lord, it's another thing entirely for it to pierce our hearts and become a reality to us. And Lord, no doubt there are people in this room right now that are struggling with whether they matter or not. And oh Lord, I pray that you would break through that mist and that fog that the enemy would like to put in hearts and help us to see that we do indeed matter. That the God who sees all sees us and knows us. And that we are safe, we are okay because of you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We're going to split the psalm into two. We'll do half of it this week and half of it next week. Um, We'll read the first 12 verses tonight. It it does break, actually, very easily into uh, four sections of six. We're going to look right now at the the fact that God knows you, and then we'll look at uh, the fact that God is all around us. He's omnipresent is the theological or the doctrinal term for that, but he's all around us. And then... Uh, God made me. He's omnipotent. He has all power, and then God will take care of me, because He's a God of love. He will take care of me. All right, Psalm one thirty nine. O Lord, thou that searched me, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there." If, my, if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shalt thy hand hold me, and thy right hand uh, th- even there shalt thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night uh, shall be light about me. yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. And first off, he says in verse one, Oh, Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Do you know that God has searched you and he knows you? You know, I'd like to think there are people that know us and there are people that hopefully that know you and understand where you're coming from. But nobody understands like God because nobody has the ability to get in there and to search you and to actually know what's going on inside of you. Do you ever watch those programs where you see somebody being interrogated, right? And they put the lie detector on them and and they start asking them questions. Do you ever imagine what that would be like? Uh, For you to be in a place where somebody could ask you questions and you had to tell them all the straight answers. You had to give them all the answers. Do, Do you ever wonder what would come out if they did that to you? come out that you didn't particularly want coming out because they're asking questions of you. And you say, well, no, I have nothing to hide. No, you know, the reality is uh, there's stuff none of us would like coming out. <clears throat> Warren Buffett says that if you, if you put a police car following any car for 500 miles, the guy's going to get a ticket. <clears throat> You're going to do something wrong. And all of us have done some things that we're not proud of, some things uh, that are wrong. Can you imagine You're sitting there and you're having to tell all these things to a perfect stranger. It's a terrifying thought, isn't it? It's a terrifying thought that you would be put in that place. But do you know that God knows all those things? Do you know that God knows all those things that you've done that you're not particularly proud of? And some that you're deeply ashamed of. God knows all of them. Not just because he's been watching, because he's searched you. He's gone through you, through and through. He knows exactly what's going on uh, inside of you. Uh, <clears throat> God already knows. But he you know? what else. Even though he knows, he loves you. Somebody put it this way. The one who loves you, the one who knows you best... Loves you most. Now, isn't that what we all long for? To be in a place where we are at complete peace and comfort with somebody. Somebody who knows us and they say, look, you're okay with me. Somebody who reckons on our imperfection but they say, you're okay with me. Isn't that what we all long for? Isn't, isn't that the deep, one of the deepest, if not the deepest, longing of our hearts? We have it. Because he knows you. He knows you because he's searched you. Look what the next verse says, though. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising, thou understandest my thought afar off. Right? Do you know that God knows every time you sit down and every time you stand up? Now we live in an age when we have all kinds of things going on. I have an app on my phone, and it can tell me I've, uh, I've climbed 13 flights of stairs in a day, or whatever whatever it'll say. And I live on a hill, so everywhere I go, uh, outside my house is, is either up or down, right? And it'll tell me how many how many flights of stairs. It'll tell me how many steps I've taken in a day. Perhaps you have a, a watch or something else that that tells you those things and lets you know. And it kind of when you look at it, you kind of get surprised. Did I really? Sundays interest me, by the way, because what it does, it'll tell me I've done all these steps, and I think, I really haven't been anywhere today. Yet, but see, when I'm standing up here, moving around up here, it's counting it all as steps, right? And you see, we look at these things, and we're kind of amazed at what we've done. Do you know that God knows every step you take, every time you sit down, every time you rise up? He, he, he knows about you in a much clearer way than your watch or your phone uh, will ever do. He knows everything you do. Now, think about that for a second. That could be terrifying, could not it? Well, why would that be terrifying to us? Well, if we're doing the wrong thing, that's going to be kind of terrifying. Because God knows. God knows what I'm doing. Look, <clears throat> Listen, we're not supposed to live in quaking, quivering fear uh, of God. But you've got to understand, He does know everything you do. There's, there's nothing and nowhere you can go to hide from him. He knows it all. <clears throat> but look what else he says. "Thou understandest my thoughts are far off. Do you know he even knows your thoughts? You have to let him in. You don't have to invite him in to know your thoughts. He knows your thoughts. He knows everything you've thought today. He knows you're thinking right now. I don't. I'm glad I don't. Aren't you glad you don't know what I'm thinking all the time? I'm glad I don't know what you're thinking. But God does. God knows exactly what you're thinking all the time. He knows you're thinking afar off. He he knows it before you even think it. He knows what's going on. Nothing is hidden from him. This God that sees all, sees me. He knows every time I stand up and every time I sit down. He knows every thought Uh, I... Uh, I think he he knows all of it. Now, 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 now Stay with me, because I realize, you know, you think about this long enough, and it seems like a dreadful invasion of my privacy. The last privacy I have is my head. Nobody knows what's going on in my head. And you're telling me God knows everything that's going on in my head? Everything. Now keep in mind, he still loves you. Maybe you wouldn't love somebody if they thought the things you do, but God loves you. He hasn't quit loving you because of the thoughts. and He haven't, hasn't quit loving you because of the things that you do. And he hasn't quit loving you because he searched you and find, found you lacking. He still loves you. Look at the next verse. Verse 3. Thou compasseth my past and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. God compasses our paths all around. Uh, he 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 's there in our way, he knows everything about your way. in fact, he scrutinizes your path. I read something today that was interesting to me, but we talked about an, an, an a city. That this guy bought, and in the land city that he bought, there was kind of a, a transparent surface that you could see the ants going about. They they, 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 as they were going about their pathways and doing their stuff, you could actually see them and watch them. That would be fascinating to me, wouldn't that be fascinating to you? To watch the ants as they go, because um, because the Bible says, "Look to the ant, thou sluggard!" Right? It tells us that we're, that we're, to keep an eye on them, right? Uh, <clears throat> but and he said, what you could see is you could see the, pa- the ants making their pathway throughout their little uh, home, their, their, their little city, and where they were going and what they were doing, and, and he was fascinated by it. Do you know that God sees your pathway? He knows where you're going. He knows what you're doing. He, he knows even when you don't know where you're going, what you're doing, he knows. He can see you. He, he sees all of it. Uh, nothing of it is hidden from him. Uh, <clears throat> At all. I remember years ago when, when they first started putting cameras on the phone, I remember I was getting my hair cut and the barber was telling me, he was saying him, there was no way he was getting a phone with a camera on it. And absolutely no way he was getting a phone with a camera because, you see, he said, my wife, she could phone me and ask me where I, where I was. And if I said I was in the shop working, she could say, take a photograph. And then she'd know that I wasn't. If I was in the pub or something, she'd know. So he was, he, there was no way he was getting a camera. There was no way he was getting a camera with a phone on it. Because he wanted to be able to hide. Do you realize? You can't hide anything from God. You can't hide your path from God. You can't hide your way from God. You can't hide anything from God. <clears> he <throat> very quiet. Right? Don't, don't worry about it. We're, we're going to go somewhere with all this. right? This is helpful to us, okay? Uh, look at verse four, for there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. You've never spoken a word that God doesn't know. You've never said anything, all the words that you've spoken today, all the things that you've said, God knows them. He knows all your words. Now, <clears throat> look at verse five this is this is actually helpful to us, right? Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Do you know that you think you got up this morning, and you went about your day, and you did what you wanted to do, and you just kind of got through the day, and you're self-directing, and and you do it all? That's not actually true. Because what God says here is, he says, you've beset me behind and about, somebody put it this way, that he hems us in, or he lays siege to us. There are times when God directs you into a path because he wants to do something in your life. And he kind of presses you into that path and presses you into that place. And you kind of know that because all the things in your life that you do, you don't particularly want to do. Some of the things in your life that you do, you, you know, you decide, I don't, want, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to go there. I, you, and yet you, you've ended up going there. And sometimes God's directing you. God is pushing you into that path because he's got a plan for you in it. And he's pushing you. Tozer, I believe it was, said this. He said, If the cross would leave us alone, we would leave it alone. There are a lot of hard things in our lives that we just wouldn't choose. And yet, God knows best. And God's got a good plan for your life. And so, what he does with your life is he takes your life and he hams he you in. He, he pushes you into places you don't particularly want to go. Uh, and he uses them for good in your life. Uh, Annie Johnson Flint uh, describes a scene familiar to all of us, Times of Inescapable Pressure. Now listen, you'll identify with some parts of her poem. She says, Pressed out of measure and pressed to all length, Pressed so intensely it seems beyond strength, Pressed in the body and pressed in the soul, Pressed in the mind till the dark surges roll, Pressure by foes and pressure by friends, Pressure on pressure Till life nearly ends. Pressed into loving the staff and the rod, pressed into knowing no helper but God. You and I wouldn't go there if we could avoid it, would we? We wouldn't go to that place where there's only God that can help us. We'd avoid that for all we were worth, but we'd get pressed into it. We'd get pressed into knowing no helper but God. There are those times in your life when there's only God. That's not an accent. That's God working you in your life to that place. That's actually mercy, as painful as it is. That's God drawing you close to him and working in your life. Pressed into liberty where nothing clings. Pressed into faith for impossible things. Pressed into living a life in the Lord. Pressed into living a Christ life outpoured. God takes and God encloses you, hems you in, and pushes you and pressures you, pressures you to bring you to the place where He wants you to be. He doesn't take away your free will, but He takes and He pressures you into doing things that, if you could get away with it, you wouldn't do. Why? Because He's God. He's in charge of everything. Nothing happens apart from him. He rules in this world of ours. He's in charge of all of it. Look what the psalmist says in verse 6. He says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Now, what's he saying there? He's saying it blows my mind. I can't handle that you mean that God knows me that intimately, that God's that involved in my life, that God's at work in my life, day and night? Yeah. God is. And it is mind-blowing. And it's not just the psalmist. It's every single one of us. Now, <clears throat> second point is this, though. God is all around me. He's omnipresent. Look at verse 7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Where will I go from your spirit? Where will I go from your presence? Now, did you ever feel like you wanted to get away? You wanted to kind of go off grid and be away from God for a while so you could do what you wanted to do? And maybe sometimes, you know, you've kind of done a mental flip and pretended that that's where you were. It's not true. Remember Jonah? Jonah was told to go to Nineveh. What did he do? He he, he he went to Tarshish instead. He went on a holiday instead. Now, what did he think when he was down in the uh, in the inner parts of the ship? What do you think he thought down there? Now, listen, this guy's a prophet. He's, he's got theology behind him. He has an understanding of who God is and what God can do. Well, what do you think he's thinking down there? Somehow he's done a mind flip and he thinks, God won't see me. You know, God had a GPS on that ship, hadn't he? He tracked every moment of that ship, and he followed that ship. And when the ship was just sufficiently out from the shore for it to get really dangerous, uh, he created a storm that was going to sink that ship. And he pressed everybody on the ship. He didn't sink the ship. He just pressed everybody on the ship till they went after his man. And to be fair to him, he admitted it's my fault. I'm the one that's I, I caused all this. you got to throw me overboard. And finally, after a while, they do throw him overboard, and God has a great fish right there, ready to swallow him. And he goes into the belly of the great fish, and he's not even hidden from God in there. Three days and three nights he's in the belly of the fish, and then Jonah cried unto God and said, I'm sorry, forgive me, I'll do what you want. And then the great fish just spat him out on the beach. And off he went to Nineveh, bleached white, no doubt. But off he went to Nineveh. You see, he thought he could hide from God. He can't hide from God. There's no way you can go to hide from God. God, don't even try. What's the point? I mean, you'd be better off saying, okay, God, I'm going to do it. No, you don't like it, but I'm going to do it. At least be honest. But when you kind of pretend that God doesn't see it and God does not know, you know, you're just fooling yourself. Because God sees everything. Whither shall I go from my spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. Listen, you can take off and you can go as high as you like. You know who you're going to meet? God. You know, they can send A, a spaceship. Elon Musk is going to send people to Mars, he says, right? We don't know whether he will or not, but they're sending, uh, the Europeans and the Russians are sending a a probe uh, up to Mars to test samples and see if if there's life on Mars. I don't know whether they'll find bacteria or life on Mars, but I do know this. When they get there, God will be there before them. Because he's there. Omnipresent does not mean he gets around pretty fast. Omnipresent means he's... Everywhere at the same time. Omnipresent doesn't mean he's so vast that you know he sits on the moon and his foot's on the earth. Omnipresent means he's all over the moon and he's all over the earth and all over his creation all the time. You know, I can't get that. We gotta understand that. That's that, that really is too high for us. But that's who God is. So it doesn't matter where you go. You go up in the air, you, you, you're going to find him there. If I make my bed in hell, and that's Shoal, that's the place of the dead, right? then thou art there. And here's what David's doing. He's, he's giving you this picture uh, that every time he goes somewhere, he meets God. If I go up, I'm going to meet you up there. If I go down, I'm going to meet you down there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, if I go out as far into the sea so that the land is thousands of miles from me on either side, so there's nothing around me anywhere. I'm going to meet you. You're there. You're there before me. Um, <clears throat> Even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Now, I think that's neat. Here David is saying, no matter how far I travel, you're there. And you'll still lead me, and your hand will still hold me. You know what I think? I think David is not feeling, oh, I can't get away from God. I think David is feeling something entirely different. I think he's feeling, you know what? No matter where I go, you're there. No matter what happens, you're there. Your right hand's going to lead me and your hand's going to hold me. I'm okay. Now, as much as we don't like the intrusion of God knowing our thoughts and God knowing what we're doing and God knowing everything about us and we can't get away from Him no matter where we go, isn't it a really sweet thought to think, no matter where I go, He's there before me. No matter where I go, He'll take care of me. No matter where I go, God's going to look after me because I'm, I'm going to be fine. Because God's there, you see. There's 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 a a switching in thinking from the normal human thinking that feels intruded upon to a thinking that says, "He loves me, He cares about me, He's there. Everywhere I go, He's there. I'm safe. When I stand up, when I sit down, when I speak, when I no matter where I go, He's there. That's what David's saying." It's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. My God will meet me no matter where I go. I'm not an insignificant little ant running around in the world. No, no, no. My God's going to hold me. My God's going to lead me. I'm okay. All right. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light around me, about me. You can't hide from God. In the darkness? here the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Right? <clears throat> so he's saying, even the darkness it can't hide from me in the darkness. Now, <clears throat> what does that mean to us? What does it mean to you, the fact that God knows everything you do? The fact that God sees everything in your heart. The fact that God listens to every word you say. The fact that God compasses you around all the time. What should that do to you? What should that mean to you? Right? Well, let's think it through here for a second. What do we do with this knowledge? You see, here's the reality of your life and my life. You are the object of the living God's attention every moment of every day of your life. That's what he's saying to you. You're the object of his attention. It's not that he's looking to catch you out. He knows you too well. But you're in his sight. You're in his vision. You're the object of his attention. God is watching over you every moment of every day of your life. There's never coming a moment... When he's not. So, what are you going to do with it? Three thoughts. Okay? First of all, be aware of it. Be aware of it. God knows, God sees, God hears, He understands all of it. Be aware of it. Do you ever feel like you're on your own? Do you ever feel like you're, you're, you're trying to pull it all together and you're all by yourself and you're all by your own and nobody knows and nobody understands and it's, it's just you and you're on your own and there's all these vast billions of people out there on this planet, but there's only you. You're on your own. Nobody really knows and nobody really understands and you're just left to yourself. That's not true. You're That's a lie. God is there. <clears throat> the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord. <clears throat> And the Bible says this about him, that the Lord is at hand. Always. Do you know what that means? That means nothing's happening in my life that God's not involved in. Nothing. Absolutely nothing is happening in my life that God's not involved in. Now listen, a lot of good stuff and a lot of bad stuff happens in my life and in your life. God's involved in all of it. Now if God's involved in it, Doesn't that change the picture? If God's involved in it, doesn't that mean that my Heavenly Father is at work in all of this? I don't need to feel alone. I don't need to feel cast off. I don't ever need to feel on my own. I don't need to feel like my life doesn't matter. Because God is involved in all of it. Be aware of that. When you wake up tomorrow morning saying, oh, Lord, I know you're going to be involved in everything I do today. I know there's going to be nothing that's going to happen in my life today that you're not going to be involved in. I know you're going to walk with me through this day. I know that, Lord. There's nowhere I can go to hide. I don't even want to hide from you, Lord. There's no word or thought I, <clears throat> I can think or say that you're not going to be privy to. Lord, I, I'm, I'm just going to talk to you about what's going on in my head. Do you know that if God knows every thought, you might as well talk to Him about it? Even if it's not good, you might as well talk to Him about it. Lord, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. When I know it's wrong, would you help me? Do, do, do you think you'd ever be denied a request like that? He knows anyway. There's, there's nothing for you to hide. Just be aware of the fact that God knows, that God... Uh, is there, that he's a part of everything you do. So keep that in mind as you live your life. There's no point in you and I thinking, oh, I don't want God to see this. There's no way to hide it from him. So just fess up. Walk with him knowing that he knows What's going on in your heart? And so when what's going on in your heart is wrong, talk to him about it. Bring it before him. Lord, this is wrong. Here's what I'm feeling, but it's wrong. Or would you help me? You can't hide it from him, so you might as well up front with him. Walk with that in mind. Secondly, take comfort in his power to take care of you. Can God absolutely take care of you? completely and in everything. Can he completely take care of you? Let me read you verses. Matthew ten twenty eight. He says, And be not afraid of them that kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them shall fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered, Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. You know that God is intimately involved in your life in every part and in every way, and he says, nothing can happen to you unless I let it happen to you. He has absolute power to protect you from everything. Now, we have to go to the hard side of this, too. Will he allow some tough stuff to happen in your life? Yeah, He will. He has and He will. Why does He do that? Because He loves you. And He wants to prepare you for eternity. And He wants to work in your heart and your life to get you ready for a better resurrection. And so He's going to let some hard things happen in your life. They're going to be measured. They're never going to be more than you're able for. They're going to be measured. They're going to be carefully sifted and looked at. He's not going to allow anything to happen to you that's not important for your well-being, for your growth, and for your future resurrection. So you know what? You can afford to walk with him and understand he's going to take care of me. Now think about it. If God says I'm safe, am I completely safe? What if like these people he's talking to, Jesus is talking to in Matthew 28, uh, they're going to be persecuted and people are going to say, we're going to kill you. And Jesus says, don't worry about that. I can protect you. I will protect you. I'll be there with you. What do you really have to fear if God's going to protect you? What do you really have to fear if God's involved in it? What do you have to fear if God's the author of everything that happens in your life in the sense that he has to allow it to happen? You have nothing to fear, have you? In fact, if we could just take that on board, it would just drain the worry out of our hearts, wouldn't it? It would just drain it out because he's in charge. He's going to take care of me. He's going to watch over me. He's going to look after me. And he says, Listen, you got nothing to fear. Listen, don't be afraid of those that are able to kill you. Because they can't touch your soul. Don't don't let them bother you. There's nothing for you and I to fear if God's that intimately involved in our lives. Right? So <clears throat> he says, The Lord is at hand. What does that mean? He's there. In fact, he's closer, isn't he? He actually dwells within us. But the Lord is at hand. He's he's there. He's never out of reach. He, he never gets caught on the hop and he's in the wrong place and you need him. That happens to human beings, don't You, you can depend on a human being, but they may not be there at the time that you need them. But God is always there when you need him. The Lord is at hand, he's always there. He's, he's, he's never missing. He's always there when you need him. And the bad side of it is, oh, he's always there, he knows what I'm doing. But the good side is no, he's always there. He's there to take care of me. He's there to look after me. He's, he's always there. Then the third thing, and we're done, right? <clears throat> Ask him to guide you. Just think about it, right? God has searched you and he knows you. You have nothing to hide from him because it doesn't matter. You can't. God has searched you and he knows you. If he hears every word, if he knows every thought, if he's everywhere you go and you can't shake him off no matter what you do, wouldn't it be a good idea for you to make peace with him and say, okay. Lord, since since you're with me, And you're going to be there no matter where I go, no matter what I do. Lord, would you guide me? Listen, Lord, I'm rotten at guiding myself. Would you guide me? Would you lead my steps? Would you help me, Lord? Because I mess up by myself all the time. Lord, Lord, would you show me your way? Teach me to walk in your way, Lord. Lord, I know you've got a better plan than me. Lord, would you just help me to walk with you? And and when a thought goes through your mind that you know he's not going to be pleased with, you say, Lord, would you forgive me for that? I shouldn't be thinking like that. And when you want to do something wrong, Lord, would you help me? So that all through your day, every step of the way, you're walking with him. Because he's that close. He knows you. And he loves you, in spite of the fact that he knows you. So give up the idea of trying to do things that he doesn't see and doesn't know about. And get in line with him and come to the place where you start saying, Lord, I'm going to walk with you today. Help me, Lord, though I'm not able. Take comfort in his power to take. I'll be okay because he's going to take care of me. Ask him to guide you. Lord, would you show me the way? I don't know how to live my life. I don't know how to do it. I'm, I'm not sure. And you know what would happen in our lives? What would happen in our lives at that point is we actually would start living what we believe. So we don't believe we're perfect. We know that. That's not what Christians are. Christians are not perfect. Christians are forgiven. Christians have been drawn into a relationship with him. And we'd start living in that relationship with Him. And you know what we'd find? We'd find that since we're walking with Him, sin sin wouldn't have the same power over us. We wouldn't be drawn to do the things that we used to be drawn to do, and we'd start living the reality of the Christ life. Because that's what it is. It's just reckoning on His presence and His power all the time. The Lord is at hand in everything you do. There's no place to hide from Him. Why would you want to hide from somebody that loves you like that? Listen, start being honest and open and talking to him. Because the Bible says this, it says that he requires truth in the inward parts. You can't lie to yourself and get away with it, because he sees all. He's not fooled. You get fooled. But if you just start letting him in, reckoning on him being there, Reckoning on Him being there when you wake up in the morning. Say good morning, Lord. Because He's there. He was awake before you. Reckoning on Him, <clears throat> leading and guiding you before you get out of the bed. Lord, I want to give you this day. I want you to take this day. I want you to show me your way because I want to live for you and before you. And I know you know all of it, Lord. Help me today. As you're going through the day, say, Lord, what should I do with this? Don't react. Don't just do what you always do. Lord, what should I do with this? How do I deal with this? Lord, help me. When you get it wrong and you, and you, and you sin, Lord, forgive me. I, I shouldn't have done that. Will you forgive me? And walk with Him through the day. And you know what you'll find? You'll find it's a great day. It's a great day. Because He's there. He's real. He sees you. And you know one of the knock-on effects... You're not going to feel like you're an insignificant little nothing anymore. You're going to feel like you have somebody who cares about you. Somebody who's omnipotent and omniscient. Somebody who loves you like nobody else ever could. And you're not going to feel like you're just a nobody. Because thou, God, seest me. Start living like that. Let's stand for prayer.